Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So I'm scrolling the MLB transaction logs. Some, okay. As one some does. stuff. I mean, some stuff happening. That the okay. If you just look at the headlines, I think one of the things that people are most interested in is this Aaron Bummer trade, which is to me what a bummer. A real bummer. Yeah, as as you know. So that was um. I guess the other most interesting piece in that is Mike Soroka, who I used to be interested in as a fantasy option. Mm. Does he have a chance? Well, he's going to. The White Sox. So no, no. <laughs> um, but I mean, if, okay. So so scrolling through a couple of these things, I did not know that Patrick Wisdom was re-signed, which is to the Cubs, which actually is like a good, good. Actually, um, that actually is relatively relevant. Good for everybody. That means that we're going to be able to look at Patrick Wisdom on the waiver wire. <laughs> all it's going to be exactly year. the same. I'm good to have um, you back it, on the waiver wire. Is it good wire. that Aaron Nola signed a big contract? Nope. Okay, so so we're worried nope. more worried about Aaron Nola. Okay, because that was the other yeah. thing that I saw in here. Otherwise, you know, I uh, I don't know. Oh, Jake Cave. Yeah, and, uh, I mean your buddy in in Philadelphia. Good good for him. And stay in Philadelphia. One of the things that I like is like all of these failed to offer contracts for situations because that yeah, that's actually I'd, what's happening right now. Adam Simber. Oh, interesting. He came up in, in analysis at some point in the middle of the year. I mean, these are good things. to. We should try and memorize all of this for Immaculate Grid, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, there are just some teams that are just such, like, uh, black holes. Of, I have no idea. I know. I think So I think, I guess my take on this is that uh, stuff is kind of happening, but, like, machinations behind the scenes, like, failing to offer these contracts suggests that, you know, teams are thinking about what they want to do. Um the most interesting failed. Hot stove. This is a time. This is a time the hot stove is just heating up. Yep. Most interesting failed to offer to me personally is Brandon Woodruff. <laughs> Brandon yeah. Woodruff is going to be an interesting one. I guess right now. God, he would look good in a Red Sox uniform. Right now, I would like win to win 20 know. games, get a Cy Young. Well, he's not going to play for half the season next year. But right now, I would like. I know it doesn't have to be next season. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be very good this season either. But I think that he has like he has second wind. 100 so one quick fantasy yeah. thing would you spend a late round flyer to stash him like last round would you stash him this upcoming year oh he's not going to be available in the last round yeah of course i would really stash him. even for yeah for less than half the season maybe he's going to be because he's going to be on the injured list if you have dl spots yeah okay. you do you'd use them on someone like that that's like that's my mo wow we're gonna have to talk about what we're at some point when we start thinking about drafting we can take a little bit of time, but we'll have you know to. who I'm not going to do that for is Mondesi. This yeah, time. yeah, ex- exactly. Okay, I also just want to point out one thing. You know, we've been a we've been kind of a mono sport podcast recently, but we do still watch EPL. Things are still important. I love the fact it will never get old to me that you can just manually manipulate the standings. Ever oh Everton got slapped with a minus ten point penalty, which dropped them 
into the relegation zone. It's like real real world implications. They're not going to get yeah. they're not going to get relegated because everyone else is. Are they? No. <laughs> I mean they've been struggling to scrape by every year for the last what four years. I would have I would have worried if they were negative points, but they're not even last. Right? They lost ten points and they're still tied for last. They're still tied for last. Yeah, but but Luton is two points ahead of them. I mean, it's like yeah. come on. Come on, there's there's so many teams that are so clearly and worse Bournemouth. than them. I think this was this was like this was this was notice that like we're putting your way down here, but they're not going to get relegated. How many points would they have rele? How many points would? Okay, say that they finally financial fair play or whatever with Man City, like. You'd have to dock them what sixty, 60 points? points easily. It would be the equivalent of ten points for Everton to see, to see them go. Yeah, I think. I mean, Everton. If you if you actually wanted to relegate them, you'd have to to guarantee relegation. You'd have to take off twenty five points. I mean, like no, I know it's uh, it. I'm so so foreign in like an MLB. Everybody would have been so much more happy if Manfred was just like Astros. You know what? You're gonna start the year in the standings. At negative eighty yeah. points, go fuck yourself. But it's, but it's kind of <laughs> everybody would be like, "Yay, <laughs> go!" But it's kind so of you funny. guys. No, but you need you, and dock your draft. You place. have to do it at a point where they like might be able to make it, but not really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's kind of interesting here because one thing that's interesting, kind of like Lucy with the football. Yeah, exactly. Is that one thing that's interesting is that it's the point system, so it's not even vacating wins, right? It's just straight up points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't wait, vacate any wins. I was looking at it as like you said this, and I was like, wait. There's wins is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. No, no, the the wins remain. They just have fewer points. So it wouldn't be a you know end of season if we didn't do some way too early predictions for the next year. So I ran some very basic things. Huge caveats here. We haven't run the. We haven't analyzed the key things that you need, which are plate appearances, plate appearances, and innings pitched. So I made some educated guesses or some decisions i should say about what we're gonna do um oh, how, we're gonna, 600. how we're gonna everybody treat these 600 bingo everybody six played appearances everybody looking 600 and you know the thing is is that at the top it's not that bad <laughs> well yeah it's actually under what that should be well this i mean um, to some extent i like this better because you you're actually seeing the rates right but it's rates yeah, yeah, yeah it's rates right. multiplied through by something that means that it's not just rates, right? <laughs> so when you look at Kyle Tucker, you see 28 home runs, and you're like, oh, okay, could be worse. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. that's like a real thing that we can can work with. Luis Robert? Wow. What I'd like you to do... There again, there again, if he gets 600 plate appearances. He will, I right? think. What I think what I was thinking well, we would do... Well, I mean, this, do... is, this has been one of his problems in his career. All those White Sox players, his problem has been... Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, um, the other one. He just like, can we get? So he got real. He ready? he got 595 plate appearances this year. Is he supposed to be their leadoff? <laughs> I think that's their goal. So I guess what I <laughs> so so then he that 596 is, is not good. Yeah. 150 plate appearances lower than what you would want out of him. So I think I think what we should what I was thinking we would do here is either approach this as a a guy that's kind of surprising given the rates and do a make the case for situation or we use this to set some some over-unders that we think might be unexpected but the clustering analysis is suggesting that we're interested in it okay well i think for one thing for me is that you know because these are normalized it's interesting to just go from the top down and look for guys that are surprising and that's immediately what you did right you're like oh why is Luis robert at six <laughs> 
Yeah, Luis Robert at six. Actually. If you want to do an over-under, I would happily say 600 plate appearances. I'll go under. You think so? No way. Mm-hmm. No way. I'm going over. That's easy. Yeah. I'm, But that one is you know, going right back to the, to the well and saying, this is not – I'm not going to let you say – He's on the IL or whatever. He doesn't. No, no. This is this is straight. He has to get to no, no. straight up. He's yeah, not yeah. going to get to 600 plate appearances. That's it. That's all. otherwise it's great. It's I mean, it's been the problem with Kyle Tucker lately too. Is like, yeah. can you can we just get give him 700 plate appearances and he could be the number one in fantasy? That's what every he's the darling. But I would like to point out that we've actually regressed Luis Robert pretty hard, right? Because he hit 38 home runs this year, and we're pre- this way too early prediction. At the same, essentially the same number of plate appearances, we're predicting him for 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. That sounds about right. Another thing that's interesting is that because we have now a whole year of stolen bases, a lot of these stolen bases have normalized or, you know, regularized mm-hmm. a little bit. So you're looking at yeah. you're looking at guys that are closer to 2020. Like, I think if you told me before that Cody Bellinger, that we'd be forecasting Cody Bellinger for 14 stolen bases this year, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> Not a chance. I... Yeah, but that's a, yeah, two year, a year ago that would have felt weird, but this year it's like so all right. All right, so who's a guy that we want to look at between 10 and 20? Well, I I would really like to look at Adolis, Jazz Chisholm. Oh, Jazz Chisholm. Oh, you want it? you want to look at Adolis Garcia? I okay, do because do I do because Adoles I don't Garcia. know what's going to happen with him next year. No, this is perfect. 250, 30 home runs, 84-90 and what, 12 12 stolen bases. Yeah. That's like exactly what I w- like would have said. You think that's the right. It's almost like this model. It's almost like this model goes and does the things that we had sort of like intuitively. <laughs> that, that is, that is the in, entire point of this. I think one of these, one of these stats is headed for regression. I'm sure that the, I'm yeah, sure. You want to tell me which one it is well, then? D- definitely. This is definitely too high for stolen bases. 12? Yeah, yeah, that's way too high. Why not? In this this day and age? He got nine this year. I doubt that he goes up from there. He's not young. Not a young guy. Okay. Fine. All right. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't take the over on twelve. I wouldn't take the over on ten either. But I feel like that's within the range that I would expect. So I think thirty home runs is probably low. I think that's low too. So so uh interesting that you think that's do you think do you think two fifty one is a fair average? Yeah, it's a pretty good default for him because he's not like a He's he's not a 280 hitter. He's not even a 270 hitter. Okay, so this um, one isn't going to work because we like these. Because <laughs> this line actually works. This works. No, I think that this one works. Okay. If you were to, but would you take the over on? Would you take the over on 41.5 home runs plus stolen bases? Yeah, for sure. You would. Yeah, I, I probably would too. Yeah, no, we. I think we both agree on a Dallas Garcia. I think, okay. Wait, wait, what is your there, none of these is like none of those numbers like is so far off. No, that I it know, seems. I know. So I guess we need we need a guy who's got surprising stuff. But even even like look at that Jazz Chisholm line, which you drew attention to. It's not that crazy. Nothing is that weird there. Maybe the stolen bases seem high, but like again, really high stolen bases in the. League. I might take the I might take the over. It's amazing that you we have them ranked this way with everybody else. Well, part of that is. The value derived. I mean, we have him as a essentially a twenty-five, twenty-five player. <laughs> That's valuable in fantasy. Oh, 25? Look, because he's look because he's 20, 27, oh, we have 27 home, runs. home runs. There you go. Now you found something you're interested in. <laughs> I would take the under on that. Yeah. 
I, I take the under. On Would that. you take the under on? Okay, so it's we now have fifty three for the for home runs plus stolen bases. Would you take the under on that? No, because I wouldn't be surprised if he hits fewer, fewer home runs. I think he's going to get more stolen bases. I see. So you're okay. What did he? Let me just. Well, so he got 19 last year. So we're just saying that this type of player that he is should hit more home runs. Uh, well, oh, well, that's also normalized because how many plate appearances did he have? He was low this year, right? Because he didn't play a lot. So he only it was in, 383. Yeah. Wow, he had 19 home runs and 383 plate appearances. Well, that's probably why he got hurt. <laughs> so I guess I guess a lot of this is going to be injury based. I mean, if Jazz Chisholm basically, if you look at his stats this year, if he had accumulated those for the whole year for 600 plate appearances, that oh yeah, wouldn't is be, really good. <laughs> but I think there's a reason why he didn't is because he got hurt. Yeah. So I would take the I would take the under on adding those two stole the uh, home runs and stolen bases and saying that he's going to get fewer, fewer than 53. I I will take over. I think I think that. I think he's a really interesting player and a really interesting fantasy option in general. And I think that what's the – are we saying 140 is the um, – 140 is kind of the new 150, right, of number of games he has to get to. Yeah, 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 for sure. I guess it was 162 minus 15 is is sort of – that was the old, like, assumption. Like, yeah. player could have 115-day DL stint. Yeah, now it's like two tens. <laughs> Same. Okay, so 140. He has to hit 140 for that to to count. I'm I'm also with that. All right, so guys between 20 and 30, uh, let's just ignore Byron Buxton because <laughs> he's not going to get. Yeah, 600. we can, we, can, I mean, we don't need to get. That is that, that is a pure money. denominator issue, right? I think that the well, so the the guy who's obviously in this group who shouldn't be in this group is actually the opposite way, which is Marcus Semien should be higher. He should be in the top. He should be in the top 12. But he will be because all of these are inflated by a seventh right right so he would be multiply this by 1.2 1. 1.1 no, i think one, 1. i think 1. you could go even higher than 1.1 but yeah yeah it's interesting though because this line is a lot like the jazz chisholm line <laughs> yeah it well i think they are they in the same cluster oh that's a good question i need to print the need to print the cluster here for for each one of these guys the best cluster so you so you think this is really i mean obviously this is way too low for where marcus Samian gets drafted he's gonna get drafted first round no question i think well i don't think he's gonna be first round no question no, i would say he he's gonna be in the first two rounds of your 10 or 12 team league for certain i think he's i mean he's up there i don't see, i don't see anything that I, it's hard for me to normalize the plate appearances correctly. Man, these are all 32. I got to say, these lines, pretty good. For way too early predictions, these are not bad. <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just yeah. go back through and fix these. Lines. I mean, I agree with you that the ranking is funky, but um, because just because Marcus Simeon is a good and durable player. Yeah, I know. I can't off the top of my head be like, well, this is... two hundred. Okay, you know, 200 runs plus RBIs. I think he's going to be over. You think he's going to be over? I think under. Okay. I think that's going to be a really good team, really good regular season team that will not repeat. Okay. I think under 200, I think. Yeah. Oh, so he was 100 and 122. So he was 222 this year? Yeah. Wow. I I mean, it's a, it's a number that is like way too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Teoscar Hernandez is another player yeah. that we we have to you know, similar. Um, how do you or Bobish Bobish or 
Yeah, Bobichet is I mean, down here. The Blue Jays, the the two the two Jays, right back to back, right? Bichette, Bobichet, and and Vlad. It's kind of like what is this a bounce back year? Because I I think of twenty twenty three for the two of them as down years, very down. Yes, both of them. So. I think in in a lot of this, remember this is fifty percent weighted by twenty twenty three in terms of cluster membership. Yeah. So I think these guys are, I think these guys are too low. But mm-hmm. do we think that? But I think, I think somewhere of the average of the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three seasons is more realistic. I think they both overperformed a little bit in twenty twenty two. Yeah. But I think people are going to draft them like they can. They're get not. They're going to ignore it last year for twenty twenty three. Bingo. Yeah. So. We're not, I mean, let me be clear. We're not going to get either one of these guys, I don't think. <laughs> Doubtful. Doubtful. Yeah, I had Bo- I had Bobachet this, and that didn't turn out very well. <laughs> uh, which, which one of them is better, though? I mean, which one of them would you rather own in a fantasy, from a fantasy perspective? Me, personally, yeah, I'd rather have Vlad. Really? I, I really thought you were going to say I would love to get opposite. Vlad on my team. Okay. What if we did them head-to-head? What is more interesting? You think, I think Bobachet's better. Okay, there you go. I'll take Vlad in a head-to-head. Okay. He's going to lose stolen bases automatically. So can we not do st- stolen bases? Four. You give, you give me another category. Uh, Well, let's do... I mean, it's not let's fair Let's do to... average and hits. Okay. Can we do average and hits? Because yep. I think that that would be interesting. Yep. Oh, your buddy Austin Riley at 32. That's like... That's exactly where he should be. So much of this... Like, so much of this makes perfect sense. You're like, huh. Adam Duvall. Come on. That's not if he played if he had six hundred plate appearances. Yeah, he would. This is these are his numbers. What What do you think about the fall? The fall, quote unquote, of Cedric Mullins. Um, I think this is who he is. You yeah, think so? He, Twenty and yeah. The question. I yeah. I think assuming that he's gonna get like in a in a in in a regular season, he should be six. He should be like six ninety plate appearances. Two fifty average makes sense. So. We bump this up by what would that be like fifteen percent on eighteen? So we could just get over twenty. So call him a twenty thirty guy. Sure, I accept that. I, th- I think actually I think that that sounds about right. And the question is what the rest of the team. To me, part of the question is what the rest of the team does around him. I, d- I think it's going to age pretty well. You get Gunner with a little bit more seasoning. Man, he only, nice. he only got four fifty-five plate appearances this year. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was he was constantly hurt. Yeah, but it was like ticky tack. Which is my concern with him. Yeah, it, it, were there because there were no big stretches, or were there? Yeah, there were a couple of big, oh, stretches big stretches. He was out. Yeah. Oh, the question here. So thirty-five versus thirty-four versus thirty-eight. So this is a very like near and dear to my heart. Christian Walker versus Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Those. If you do the if we if we do the old trick. What's the old trick of um, home home runs plus stolen bases? Where would Christian Walker be? 32 and Cedric Mullins is at oh, 40. Yeah, but no one's confident. I mean, but this Christian Walker is because his power from this year is kind of no out of nowhere, right? So so our prediction is baking in quite a heavy amount of, re- of power regression for Christian Walker. Yeah, so head-to-head, which one would you want to take? Christian Walker or Cedric Mullins? five categories i think walker is slightly better this year and i think mullins is slightly worse so i think i mean i'm gonna stand by this and think that it's christian walker here if we did uh you want christian walker and that let's let's do it with it's it's average it's home runs plus stolen bases and it's runs plus rbis and those three 
who you think that Christian Walker is going to outperform Cedric Mullins? Yeah, I do. Really impressed that these actually kind of make sense. <laughs> yeah. Considering that all that we did was bake in 600 plate appearances to each one of these guys. Well, you know, we're looking at the top. We're to- looking at the top 100. I'm just, I mean, I'm looking through the looking through the low guys to see if there's anyone that I'm surprised is down there. Um, by and large, no. I mean, by and large, these guys are kind of in the right order. No, this is all right. I love Michael Taylor is like right in the middle of Ahmed Rosario <laughs> and Mitch Garver and Nelson Cruz, Anthony Rizzo of like a, hey, if he gets to 600 plate appearances, sure he has some value well, that was kind of that was kind of my good whole, luck getting there Mike. that was my original concept of you know make the case for this guy but then i realized that make the case was basically like he got 600 plate appearances <laughs> like, yeah yeah no, that's it yeah <laughs> like corbin carroll is way down here that is wrong so but looking at corbin carroll's line here because i agree with you like sophomore slump he's i mean yes i mean wrong, wrong spot for corbin slump. carroll but what what don't you like about this? So two No, six, you're right. You look at each one of these, it's like he's probably gonna regress on home runs. I guess I guess RBIs bases, he's got really good. RBIs is way down. It's fifty five right now. I mean that's the one where you're but so But okay. if we bump that up by twenty percent because he's gonna get seven hundred twenty plate appearances, then yeah, it's right in the range you kind of expect. Okay, so stat line this year, six hundred and forty five plate appearances, twenty five yeah. home runs. 116 mm-hmm. runs, 76 RBIs, and 54 stolen bases. Yeah, I think they were low on these because I, I think the stolen bases are way higher than I expected. I think they'll be like 20, 30, 20, 35, or something like that. He's going to return yeah, a lot of value. 20, 35, 20, 35 is materially different than 25, 54. I know. Okay. All right. But people are going to draft him like he's 25, 54. And they shouldn't. Okay. All right. Is his average his average is gonna be like two fifty. He's gonna drop. Just wanna pin you down on like what where do you think he's gonna he hit two eighty five this year? I think we we're saying that he's gonna have uh, just shy of twenty points of regression in batting average. I would say thirty five points in batting I, average. I mean I I agree with you like on especially on the counting stats, this regression has been quite aggressive but i think we're also very circumspect with the i mean the, the uncertainty bands we're also looking at uncertainty bands the uncertainty bands are pretty wide once you get to this yeah of course when you get once you get to this range of guy yeah except for on batting average we're pretty confident that he's not going to get 280 <laughs> I, he's not going to get 280 there we go is there an over under you want to put in here uh, well i mean based on this no i mean based on the the lines here no but i think you really so you think 2035 so that would be like a 55 I mean, I think he goes over 55, uh, over 55 home run stolen bases. I mean, that's a pretty big number. Yeah. Can you get, you want to get over? Can I go over that? 55.5? I can do it. I can go. I can go Corbin Carroll over that. How many games do you want him? 140? Yeah. I mean, he has no, he's no reason to think that he's a young guy. No reason to think that he can't play the vast majority of the season. Yeah. Bobby Witt Jr. is right here with him. I thought that was interesting that they're in the same. Who would you take? Who would you take? Carol, I think Bobby Wood Jr. needs to show me another year of performance. Be on a better team. Well, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I, I'm in total agreement, but it's because I think that opportunity is better on that Arizona team. The Arizona team is like, are they going to get back to the playoffs next year? Probably not. No, it was a surprise that they made it, right? I mean, I think that about brings us to 
the review session. Garrett Cooper. Garrett Cooper pictured in a Padres jersey as he ended the season, which was, I will say, a surprise to me. <laughs> I <laughs> excuse me. What are you doing in that jersey? Think, <laughs> but wait, but he's going to be in Milwaukee this year. Is Where that is right? He? Where, has he been moved already? It says when I go to the Statcast page. Oh no, that's the draft. That's where he was drafted. What what team? Wow, is he that's on where right he was now? drafted. He's, I mean, ended the season in San Diego. Okay. All right. Let me let me give you let me give you some stats here. So uh, again, two uh, split across two teams here. He's got 457 plate appearances, 17 home runs, 61 RBIs, 42 runs, zero stolen bases, zero attempts. Ooh. As a side note. And a 251 average. I mean, he is, he is a first baseman, <laughs> to be clear. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, uh, really hasn't played that many seasons, and he's 32. Let's not skip that piece. He's how old? 32. Oh, man. I know. Yeah, this is a guy that just, he just cannot make it. I think, the, but the thing is, is that I, as a, like, just in general, as a fantasy manager, somebody who's got 17 home runs, you don't totally want to waste those. <laughs> No, 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 no. You hate seeing those on the waiver wire because he gets them in bunches. It's like, ooh, Gary Cooper was valuable this month. Yeah, <laughs> was valuable this month. Yeah, but I think I think I, I guess I just gave you all of the the negatives immediately, which was like, he's he's a pure, really a pure first baseman. Huh. No chance you're gonna even even a, a hint of a stolen base. Like, there's no, nope. you know, it's just not gonna happen. Average, nothing to write home about. You want that power, but like whatever, on some extent, he's gonna be on the waiver wire. I, I liked him better in Miami, as a side note, because he moved way, way, way down in the lineup once he got to San Diego. Obviously, yeah, of course, that's that's not good. That's not what we want. We want him to be number four batting Jazz Chisholm and right. So I put I put both. I did put both of the lineups in here because I thought it was I thought it was particularly stark how they traded using him he was batting three he was batting ahead of jazz chisholm in miami oh really yeah oh that's too bad they yeah did, that's not what we they want did. either starting starting of the year i think their ideal lineup was luis arise jorge soler garrett cooper jazz chisholm avisel garcia oh i guess that that doesn't make sense either well they moved him down i guess and looking through this they moved him down once they decided that they liked brian de la cruz uh-huh and i guess that Ultimately, is partly why they decided they could move, get rid of him, because they started sliding him down the lineup. Josh Bell, Josh Bell in that Miami lineup. Wow. I mean, if you need any, if you need to know why San Diego didn't make it, like they went <laughs> after after Tatis, it was Jerks and Profar, Garrett Cooper, or G Man Choi, Trent Grisham. Like that's yeah, that's not good. Well, Garrett Cooper number five would be interesting in San Diego. In San Diego, sure. yeah, sure, totally. He got a couple looks at number five. No, Garrett Cooper, Garrett Cooper, five or up in that lineup would be interesting, but that means that San Diego has a problem <laughs> if Garrett Cooper's five or up, right? Yeah, he's not really known for glove, right? Uh he's got an arm strength of three. Well, arm strength doesn't matter at first. What is this? <laughs> his fielding uh, no, run value. He's not very good defensive. He's well. His defensive rating according to fan graphs, defense, fielding, and positional adjustment combined above average, negative 5.7 this last year. Uh, yeah, so he's not really a defensive <laughs> replacement either. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it would be great if he was number five in San Diego. Could he? Could that happen? He's a little bit old. It's a little bit old for it to really happen right now. Who else is he fighting with for first base? 
I mean, maybe Gary Cooper could do a Christian Walker and just in his 30s, just <laughs> I mean, that's, find the right team, the right situation. Just I, get the playing I kind of feel like if you're not going to do it on this Padres team, you're not going to do it, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, this is kind of – the Padres team is like the best assortment of guys that can't put it together, right? Where yeah. it's like they might throw another guy in there and it'll be awesome for that guy, which Gary Cooper is like the perfect example of like – a guy who shouldn't be very good, <laughs> shouldn't be a fantasy interesting option. But we're he's, talking about him because he's, he's got opportunity here. But this isn't even where they, this isn't even why people drafted him last year. People drafted him here just because, because he was going to be on Miami. But the, but the people that we're talking about right now weren't drafted, really. True. But the fact that we've had a couple weeks of interesting guys is mm-hmm. kind of telling <laughs> about like our ability to pick up interesting find interesting guys at the end of the draft i would take a late round flyer on him yeah wow. i might take i might take a late round flyer on him i would not unless we get information something well i mean that is information depending like if they sign um anthony rizzo you know sure but, it, but you're telling me you're telling me that if the padres do nothing like no moves you're like gary cooper might be interesting okay no moves at first base yeah yeah okay i think so all right i'll accept that do, I don't, is there an over-under that we want to try to do? I was just going to guess. I mean, it's, I think it's games is the interesting one for him. Is the only yeah. one. Is he going to get to 140 games? That's. I think that's a totally appropriate question. I think no. I'll take yes. Fine. Okay. I don't know why I'm being pro-Garrett Cooper here. Uh, you are, you've really come out on the pro-Garrett Cooper side. Because he's just a guy, right? A lot of good teams need players who are just a guy to show up and perform. Oh, I... I'm sure that Garrett Cooper. And I is think gonna... he has that written all over him. And I think if they were to, like, if I who is who's the um, um, Prowler, right? What is the name of the the guy who the GM for San Diego? Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, if I was him, it's like you know what? Like, let's just have Garrett Cooper over there at first. Let's just stick him there, and let's just play him. And he, how much money does he make? Oh, cannot be much. I mean, first of all, four point two contract for he, <laughs> for twenty twenty three. He's not signed right. Now. Oh, he's not. I don't think that he actually has a contract for twenty twenty four. He had a one year contract for four point two million in twenty twenty three. So okay, so that that game's played is dependent on him signing signing with San Diego. Okay, he's gonna so sign. The, he's he's gonna sign with. Yeah. Okay. All right. We should, we, we gotta watch out. The minute we see where he signs, we'll read it. We'll reassess what our situation yeah, is. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I would say, hey, okay, Garrett Cooper, five million bucks, boom. He's our first baseman. He plays fine at first. <laughs> he does. Let's not let's not work any. Let's not try to do any other finagling over there. Let's put that whatever ten million dollars for an average fifteen million dollar positional player. Like, let's put that somewhere else. Like that outfield. Oh, I I agree with that. But I think in that scenario where they're gonna spend more money, that they would. Barry Garrett Cooper seven. They're like, great, he'll bat seventh, and we won't worry about it. <laughs> Put into pitching, I guess. Well, that, though they, I, I mean, they do have pretty good pitching. I think a defensive second baseman might be helpful for well, them, especially I, as Bogarts get old, gets older. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Well, did not think this was going to be this pro Garrett Cooper, but it is. All right. Who are we doing next week? Wilmer Flores. 
Oh, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Who's, who's going to come out positive for Wilmer Flores? <laughs> hey, not me. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah, you say-